0: From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher and this is Heritage Explains.
1: This will be a tremendous boon to our already very strongly guarded southern border where as we speak a long, tall and very powerful wall is being built. We have now completed over 100 miles and have over 500 miles fully completed. In a very short period of time, early next year, we will have substantially more than 500 miles completed.
0: The battle continues at the southern border, both against those trying to come in illegally and against those here in America who are pushing back against the efforts taken by the Trump administration. Here's a recent example of the latest battle happening here in America. The Supreme Court hands President Trump a win on immigration, upholding the administration's Remain in Mexico policy. The announcement coming just 24 hours before the Ninth Circuit was set to upend the policy at entry ports in Arizona and California. And the legal battle hasn't been won just yet. The so-called Remain in Mexico policy requires asylum seekers at the southern border to wait in Mexico instead of in the U.S. while they wait for their case to be heard. This is one of several common-sense changes the Trump administration has made to enhance border security. So, where do we stand? According to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the number of migrant apprehensions at the southern border grew to the largest level in 12 years with over 850,000 apprehensions in 2019 alone. That's more than double the previous year. By contrast, while apprehensions are up at the southern border, we're arresting fewer illegal aliens in the interior of the U.S. This, according to the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, is because of a lack of manpower to enforce both the border and the interior. Another challenge, they said, is, quote, a lack of cooperation from an increasing number of jurisdictions nationwide. In addition, it's important to note that most of these people attempting to cross the border are not coming from Mexico as it has been in the recent past. Rather, they're coming from the so-called Northern Triangle nations of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. More than this, a majority of those trying to make this dangerous journey are making it a family affair rather than going solo. When
1: folks know they can't just illegally cross the border and stay in the country, it begins to uh, discourage people from making that very dangerous journey. Nothing baffles me with regards to the political environment anymore. If uh, the president is for it, the left is against it. Uh, it's no, nowhere more evident than when you talk about border security and immigration. That's Mike Howell on a
0: recent Fox News appearance. He's a senior advisor on executive branch relations here at the Heritage Foundation. He's also a former appointee at the Department of Homeland Security. This week, Mike brings us up to speed on what's happening at the border, including an update on the wall, and other enforcement efforts being taken to ensure that both Americans and those trying to cross are safe. Mike, we hear a lot about the border crisis, and specifically the word crisis. You know, Trump ran on that in, in 2016. Um, so now that he's president, I, I, I want to just ask you flat out, is there
1: still a crisis at the border? Yeah, there's a crisis at the border as so long as we have any illegal aliens in this country. I mean, uh, he's done a ton working against, you know, activists, resistance, liberal judges uh, against a Congress that won't do a lift a finger and versus you know, a corporate establishment that wants the uh, porous border and little interior enforcement to remove their supply of cheap labor. But what he has done specifically with regard to sending folks who claim asylum back to their home country if they had passed through a, another country, namely Mexico, to adjudicate their claim is huge. I mean, they, they're, they're sitting in Mexico, and they're having their claim heard, and most, many of them are deciding, hey, it's not worth it. This fraud I'm seeking to uh, do on the U.S. government to lie my way into the country, I'm, it might not work out. And they're going back, and that's great. One of the big issues that he also ran on was building the wall. So how
0: much of that wall has been completed? I was listening to, just for context, I was listening to a show back in Michigan who's, who, you know, they're, they're probably center-left People politically, and they were saying how, oh, nothing's really been done down there, nothing, nobody's building anything down there, nothing's happening. Well, how would you respond to that?
1: I tell them to go check it out, it's not, uh, it's pretty hard to miss. A uh, few months back, we hit the hundred mile mark, hmm. they're aiming for 450 by the election. It's looking increasingly like they're going to get there. That's a lot of wall. Yeah. I don't know how you miss, you know, hundreds of miles of wall, but uh, you know, you see what you want to see, and uh, I, I just I think they, they find it very hard to admit that the president's been able to achieve this much success. And they also find it hard to argue that we should have border security. You know, the proposition that anyone could just come in whenever they want is not something normal Americans agree with. This is a delusion of the far left, and it's uh, really out of touch with what these people in, in the country want.
0: Yeah, and, and not to mention all the parts of the wall that are being rebuilt, not just new Wall that's going up,
1: right? You know, your your angry libs will say, "Hey, that doesn't count as new wall because you know there is a, a pack of matches there before, and you just build a you know thirty foot wall there. That's not new." But let's be honest, what makes new wall is when you actually have a functional wall. Right. So when something goes up that stops people from getting in, that's new wall. And what's let the uh, the critics and the people wringing their their hands over this argue over what's new and what's not new. And uh, we're going to focus on actually getting a wall up and keeping illegal aliens out of this country.
0: Now, you've worked in the Department of Homeland Security, um, so you're aware firsthand of how things operate there. Um, do you have a sense for whether or not there is agreement within the Department of Homeland Security with how the president wants to uh, proceed with border security?
1: Right. Great, great question. So it's a 300,000-person uh, department, third biggest in the federal government, so certainly there's a lot of disagreement there. Mm. Um, we've seen a, a little bit of you know, musical chairs with the leadership. I think right now he's got a pretty good leadership team in that's executing the president's agenda. Uh, Certainly Mark Morgan, who's the head of the Border Patrol, is an American hero. Um, And Ken Cuccinelli, who is absolutely, there's not an inch of separation between him and the president on their views of immigration, are, you know, really driving the agenda. Chad Wolf, the acting secretary, has brought in a great team. I expect there's going to be, you know, more and more changes. And that's not just in the Department of Homeland Security, but that's going to be across – Agencies and departments federal-wide. The the president is sick and tired and recognizes that he may not have had, you know, truly loyal American patriots in these departments. And I think that's something that uh, the new team at PPO, which is the office that staffs the administration's political appointees, is is taking an eye eye to. And uh, there's there's no room for disagreement. Get get out of the administration if you don't like the president's agenda. Uh, Get out and don't come back.
0: You know, it's funny. One of the things that the president— still to this day says, you know, we want a big, beautiful wall with a big, beautiful door. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that it's, it's just never really covered. It just says, oh, he wants a wall and he doesn't want anybody to come in, but they forget to talk about the big, beautiful door. So I'm curious, is do you have a sense for how that
1: door is um, is being developed? Yeah, certainly. So we let in about a little over a million folks a year through the legal quote unquote door. Uh, there's a lot of things the uh, Trump administration has done to better select the people who come through that door. Hmm. After all, Americans should want you know select the people who come in this country. There should be a set of requirements. It should be focused to what we need. Of course, there's always going to be asylum and refugee type categories. But you know, by and large, the the vast chunk of legal immigrants should, we should decide on, and Trump's taking steps to actually uh, reassert the Americans uh, American vision and making that that decision. One of which is the the biggest one is this public charge rule. Basically, it's a proposition that if you're an immigrant applying to come in this country, you can't just come in and take all the social services you want. Hmm. You got to pay your way. And uh, it's not asking you to be a millionaire. I mean, you have your, your crazy wackos saying, uh, oh, it's only going to lend in millionaires and just you know, crazy business tycoons. And it's going to be like the monopoly man only coming in. That's just, that's just fake news. What, what it's asking is that you have a little bit of respect for this country in that you make a plan. Here's what, My plan is when I get to the country. Here's where I'm going to work. Here's someone who can vouch for me in case I go on the public toll. I mean, if we can't ask for that, what kind of country are we? It is
0: of the utmost importance to all of us here at The Daily Signal to ensure you are receiving the best information about how you and your loved ones can stay healthy during the coronavirus pandemic. Here is an important message from Dr. Anthony Fauci, the Director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, on what to do if you think you might have COVID-19. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to
1: determine what you're gonna do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm gonna go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm gonna just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first
0: reflex should be to make a call to your physician. Mike, a, a devastating story has developed over the last day. We saw that a pregnant teenage girl uh, from Guatemala um, was was trying to climb over the wall, and uh, she fell 18 feet, and it killed her and it killed the unborn baby, obviously. Um, now, these are the kind of headlines that, of course, the left will use to say, hey, this wall's immoral, it's unnecessary, people are desperate to get in here. Um, we we should abandon this and and completely scrap it. Now, how how do you see this?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just such a sad and devastating story. But uh, from a policy angle, the solution is very clear. If you put on a green light to people to to come to the country and encourage them to take a very dangerous journey, Mm -hmm. and the most dangerous part is in the wall. I mean, what happened was tragic there. But what we've seen over, you know, we have decades of evidence of this, is that when the cartels run these human smuggling operations— they're raping people. They're hmm. killing people. They're abusing children in ways that would that make your stomach turn. This isn't your run-of-the-mill uh, American-type violence. Our gangs would blush hmm. at this type of behavior. And so when you tell everyone, hey, come to the U.S., engage with these cartel smugglers, you know, try to climb a wall and evade U.S. police, bad things are going to happen. Hmm. And we need to get the message out that this journey isn't worth it. Luckily, uh, the Trump administration is sending a lot of people back, and so we have a lot of messengers going into those local communities and, and saying, "Hey, look, I, I paid. You know, I, more, I sold my house and used all my funds. I paid a cartel coyote to take me and my family. These terrible things happened. Like I'm a shell of a, a person I was. You know, when I left. Don't do it, man. It's 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 not worth it. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, these
0: the cartels that are bringing people to the border and encouraging. These, I mean, come on. she. There's there's no way that she thought, I'm going to fall and die and I'm going to lose my baby. There's no way she thought that because she's being told that this is how you do it. This is how you get into America. And I think that that is probably one of the more um, devastating,
1: also one of the devastating parts of this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad all around and needs to end. And those in Congress and in the media and in these NGO, international leftist organizations, which are driving this. Make no mistake. People aren't sitting around in Guatemala coming up with this idea all on their own. Like, here's my, based on my understanding of U.S. asylum law, here's how we can trick the system. Like, the local Guatemalan attorney is not thinking of that. It's these NGOs and these leftists who are coming down and these lawyers who are advising people on how to game the system, who are indirectly funding these cartels, and honestly, it's, it's, it's such a Devastating and ugly thing for them to do, and then to turn around to have the audacity to turn around and then try to blame the death of these innocent people, well, on you know the administration or whatever the conservative they want to yell at is is morally reprehensible. And we as conservatives should have more courage in calling these people out for for what they're doing. They're they're risking human life to try to win a political game.
0: We we see all over America that certain left leaning cities are using every sort of loophole they can find in order to let people, non-citizens, vote yep. in their elections, which obviously starts the process of getting them on the voter rolls and, and, and things like that. Do you see um, do you see any of this getting better throughout um, a, a Trump presidency, or is this just, dev- just something that's going to continue to happen?
1: Right. The, the bathtub's overflowing and Trump's turning, turning the uh, nozzle down, if you will. I see. But uh, one in ten voters in this upcoming election will be or eligible voters is an immigrant. Wow. Their strategy has been a success, and that waters down the American, you know, sovereignty and the ability of Americans to decide, you know, who they want to elect in their politics. Americans, by and large, agree they don't want more immigration to this country. That it, poll after poll after poll uh, shows that Americans want control of their borders. They want control of the overall numbers of people coming in, and they want to decide that themselves. The problem is this country has been hijacked by this far-left agenda, and we have a paralyzed political system which will pass no legislation to, to fix it. And you ask, like, why no legislation? It's obvious. If you're on the far left, why change a thing? This is working out great. Like, inaction is the best thing they can do. Talk, talk more, not about the wall, but what else is happening
0: on the southern border to prevent and to stop people from illegally crossing the border?
1: Right, so there's a the the biggest thing is this Remain in Mexico program, which you may hear a lot. It's also called MPP, but it's basically the the system in which people applying for certain claims have to adjudicate their their claim in Mexico. So it's the biggest legal thing that, mm-hmm. that we're doing. Because beforehand, guess what? You, you 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 just come into the country, you make your claim, and then you sit around and wait, and get you know all sorts of other reasons to remain in the interior, and then we have a absolute handicapped immigration customs enforcement ICE. You know, who only removes about 250,000 people a year. Hmm. You know, we haven't counted how many illegal aliens are in this country. Everyone's just guessing. And guess what? The number stayed the same, according to the quote-unquote experts, for the last, you know, couple decades of 12 million. If you believe that, like, I I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Hmm. 400,000 birthright citizens are added each year. Those are children of illegal aliens. 400,000. If you're in a small town in America that's around that size, imagine that. Your voice, your town's cumulative voice in this country is replaced each year, by four hundred thousand additional, uh, you know, voters who are children of people who broke our laws, who are trespassers in this country, who have no legal right to be here, and we're rewarding them with the greatest prize in all of human history—that's citizenship in the United States of America—and we're giving it away for free. And that should offend every last person in this country, especially those who you know don't want to see an absolute far left takeover and this just turn into a uh, you know third world country. Let's uh, let's look to the future here. What do you see can be one of the best
0: things the Trump administration could do um, while they're in office? Mm-hmm. Um, is it continuing to build the wall, or is there something else that they can pursue as well?
1: Right. So there, there's two two fronts. I think of this. One is what we're doing on the border. You know, the Remain exit program and the wall and stopping people from getting in in the first place is huge because mm-hmm. once they're in, you got a removal problem and you have very limited resources. So I get I get the administration a plus on what they're doing down at the border. Now you have the problem of what to do with everyone you know already in the country. These millions and millions. Let me tell you a quick stat here. There's a million people in this country legally who have gone through the entire legal process we afford to them and have been adjudicated to be removed. One million fugitives from from ICE. Wait a minute. So they've gone to immigration court. Mm-hmm. They
0: they've been told get out of the country. Yep. And they're still here. A million people. A
1: million people. Holy moly. And so you have all these, you know, liberal wackos saying abolish ICE. My response is, heck, there's barely that even much ICE in this country. (laughs) You know, if we got a million people, if if you went out and you and I had a big old night and got got a DUI and broke into a a bank and did all this stuff (laughs) and woke up with a warrant for our arrest. Let's not do that. Yeah, let's not do that. (laughs) But you know where we'd be the next night. You and I would be sitting in a jail, humming along, playing the harmonica. Uh, That's not the case for them. And it's a joke. So we need to match and rev up the ICE resources to match the threat of illegal aliens in this country. We, As conservatives, we believe in the rule of law. We believe in consequences for those who break the law. Those consequences need to apply to every single illegal alien in this country. So what the Trump administration can do a better job, and they're very limited by, you know, the resources given to them by Congress. But they need to make the case that they need to have the funding and the personnel to meet the threat of these folks in this country uh, and get them out. And they got to go home. Well, Mike,
0: I'm looking forward to continuing to have this conversation with you. And I'm also uh, looking forward to learning how to play the harmonica outside of jail. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye. And that's it for another episode of Heritage Explains. Thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and log on wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating or leave us a comment. You can also send us an email at managingeditor@heritage.org. at heritage.org. That's managingeditor@heritage.org. at heritage.org. You've heard it before. You know it. So do it. We can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Heritage Explains is produced
1: by Michelle Cordero and Tim Descher with editing by Thalia Rampersad.